Crest is proud to have De La Salle North Catholic High School as our community partner for this season of the podcast. De La Salle is the most diverse private school in Oregon, offering a college preparatory education exclusively to low-income students, turning no one away because of their inability to pay. Known as a school that works, De La Salle's corporate work-study program has every student work one day a week at Portland-area companies, offsetting 50% of their tuition. The innovative curriculum provides the students with real-world experience, self-confidence, and ownership of their education. When we build stronger, thriving communities, we all benefit. Learn more on how your company can get involved by visiting DeLaSalleNorth.org. The importance of being really authentic and being vulnerable. I think that's something you hear more and more about. But I can distinctly remember a time really early on in this pandemic where I sat with my immediate team and said something to the effect of, I've spent a lot of years honing my craft. I'm confident saying I'm good at what I do. And I have no idea what I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Blake St. Ange, principal for the Portland office of Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm. From the people, the culture, and their thoughts on the future of work, we sit down with leaders from Portland's most respected companies to learn about what makes their workplaces tick. Subscribe at cressa.com slash Portland or wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited to have Marissa Hodes with me. Marissa is the VP of HR for AAA here in Oregon. Uh, Marissa, welcome to the show. Welcome to me. Thanks. Good to see you. <laughs> Great to see you, too. So, Marissa, for, I, my guess is that most people know who AAA is and what AAA does. But for those that may not, if you could sort of walk us through a little bit about that piece of it. But, but more, I think more importantly, walk us through who you are, what your career journey has been, how you became the, the VP of HR at, at AAA. I know you have a, a deep experience um, with international business as well. So let's just start there and, and uh, we'll rock and roll. Absolutely. Well, AAA has been around for over 100 years, a community nonprofit-based organization. Um, And really our history is around roadside and helping people at the side of the road when they need us. But we have actually several lines of business. So in addition to doing roadside, our membership also serves the insurance industry as well as a travel agency. And of course, all the wonderful discounts and rewards and benefits of being a AAA member. So I head up our our HR for AAA Oregon, Idaho, um, and take care of folks throughout Oregon and Southern Idaho. And we operate as an independent nonprofit for this region, working really closely with all the other AAAs across the U.S. and beyond. So let's get into a little bit with, with AAA itself. I've certainly called AAA a few, probably too many times that I've needed to in my life. Uh, I'm sure uh, many listeners have as well. But walk us through the the size and scale of AAA, maybe as a holistic across the country, and then you know dive into what the AAA of Oregon and, and Idaho is like in terms of how many people you have, how many locations you have, some of the things that you guys are, are and have done maybe in the last uh, 18 months since since COVID hit. And walk us through some of that, just sort of baseline piece of, of the organization. Absolutely. Well, certainly thousands of employees across <laughs> across the way. Yeah. I'll, I'll focus primarily on Oregon, Idaho, because that's really where our, our footprint is. Yeah. And we've got most of those staff are here in the Portland metro area, about 450 employees across our region, 300 or so in the Portland metro area, and then the remainder across 26 locations. And so the structure of that is really here in Portland, our uh, administrative offices, our 
fleet, our call center. That's where the primary focus of that is based. But then we also have our service centers, which are located throughout the region, which may be as big as a couple employees to 20 employees, depending on the size of that office. Um, and then, of course, there's all of our provider networks that we partner with in terms of roadside and shops that are throughout the region that we maybe can't get to from our, our owned and operated fleet. Yeah. So the, of the 300 or so that are sort of in Portland and maybe the, so of the 450 across, what was it like when, when COVID hit? I mean, I know that you guys have a locate, you know, your sort of headquarters right downtown Portland. I know that you, you've got sites sort of around the metro admin sites as well. What was that like in terms of, of just communication to, to employees from a leadership team perspective? How did you disseminate the information of what the plan was going to be? And then what has that looked like 18 months later uh, in terms of your workforce and workplace planning and, and the way you use the office, the way you plan to use the office and all those sorts of things? Walk, walk us through a little bit of, of those dynamics. I'm sure they're not easy. So... <laughs> They're ever-changing. I think yeah. everyone's probably giving that, that same perspective right now. You know, in the beginning, I think it was really about us being thoughtful and communicative about what we knew and what we didn't know. Um, if you never know, learned anything is the first thing we came out to say was, here's what we know, here's what we don't know, here's what we're doing today. And... You know, we were hearing things in the press and from the health departments at the same time as our employees often. Many employers were. So employees would be listening to the same press conference at the same time we were, and then kind of asking what's going to happen. And I think one of the things we did well, and I would say got better at it, like most organizations, is to come out really early and say, we heard it too. And we don't know yet, but we're yeah. working on it. Because some, sometimes that silence can be really hard. And yeah. so our dissemination, we took a lot of different approaches. We know that people hear and digest things differently. We had our CEO would regularly do all company voicemails so they can hear his voice and he can give an update on what's going on in the world and said, call me back. Here's my direct line and you can talk to me. We had our leaders getting together via Zoom on a regular basis to say, what are you experiencing? What are you talking about with your staff directly? Because we knew we needed that high-level communication, but really that bread and butter is we know that leader to that employee, right? The person that's helping you pack up your computer and sending you home and saying, right. we don't know how long it'll be there. Yeah. Then we did good old-fashioned emails and intranet. So again, thinking about everybody digests information a little bit differently. Some want a high-level voicemail and some want some language they can get through. Yeah. But we really kept it with, there's no one good way, but you can never communicate enough. Yeah. 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 How, how often did, did the CEO leave voicemails? Was it once a month? Once every, you know, what, what was that cadence like? Because it's a really, that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting way of doing things. We've heard some people too, you know, the CEO or, or leadership team came on, did a quick two minute video once a month just to let people, you know, just have that open. That, that dialogue. It's just curious what that, was there a specific cadence that went along with that? Or was that just something that was like, oh, you know what, let's just try something and here we go. We're trying it. it. No, it was not a specific cadence. It wasn't new to our organization to do that, um, to have that type of communication style. But what I think made it 
great and authentic is that it really was topical. So our, our CEO didn't want us drafting what he was going to say. Um, it was when something's going on and we feel something's going on, I'm going to pick up the phone and, and call everybody. So I think that what was powerful about that was it probably happened about once a month, but it wasn't a prescriptive yeah. state of affairs. It was really an authentic, hey, this is what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, we had some more formal leadership sessions and Zoom sessions where we'd say, here's a town hall, here's a business update, where it could be a little more interactive. And how often did you guys meet as a leadership team? I mean, were you guys meeting every week, every other week, sort of just to, to talk through some of the, all the things that were going on? I mean, it was literally by the email or by the phone call, things were changing. So, you know, I'm sure employees were looking at leadership too, saying, okay, well, what's the plan? And you guys might have been, we don't know yet. <laughs> you know, in the very beginning, I would say every day. There was constant communication. Yeah. Uh, we had scheduled calls at least weekly, but I, nothing brings you closer to your team but than going through something like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I probably talked to my colleagues more than I had in the last you know, several years just because right. I'm talking about things like that. I would say daily. Wow. That's, yeah, that's impressive. But I think it's all, yeah, I mean, with that many people in the organization, it's, it's critical to keep that to keep that 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 leadership flow going. I would imagine. So, what do you guys do? So, what did you do from a space perspective? Like I said, I, I you know you got your your headquarters downtown. You've got space in Lake Oswego. You've got space over in Clyde. You're sort of all over the metro. What was the workplace like or the workspace like pre-COVID? Uh, was it sort of one person gets one desk, one person gets one office? What's it like? Did you sort of go through some any workplace strategy discussions around? this hybrid or anchored way or flex way of working during the last year and a half? And then what maybe is your plan moving forward? Absolutely. I think the key was to be flexible and look at it in the specifics of each location and each job function, because it really is different. We have a lot of different types of locations, a lot of different types of roles. The ones that could go home in the beginning, like the rest of us were home, obviously you can't tow someone's car in an at-home job. So there are positions that we had to think differently about. We had the luxury of, we have been really strategic in the last several years in particular to really invest in having nice, ergonomic, well-ventilated workspaces. So in a lot of our locations, we had already done some of that work where everyone does have a private queue. Got our physical structure was well suited to making it a safe environment. There's a lot of space to move around. And where there wasn't, invested to make that so. Knowing that at some point, at least portions of that workforce would be back. Yeah. So who could go home? We sent home the ones that could be stayed on site and for the future, as we look at certain positions being able to stay in long-term work home positions, certain positions being able to work hybrid. Um, I'm in the office today. Yeah. Focus is very much on how do we act safely with each other. Yeah. So how do we ensure that we are staying home when we're sick and we're distancing and we have lovely various face coverings that we can wear <laughs> and existing with each other in a very safe way? Yeah. And have you, is, is the plan that you guys have some, uh, an ongoing or at least a, a plan for an ongoing policy around 
you know, flex working, hybrid working, come into the office one day a week, two days a week, whatever you feel like, you know, what, what's sort of the thinking around that? And I would imagine you're sort of front and center of that from an HR perspective. Yes. Um, <laughs> we need a cut. Yes. And uh, it's funny because I think right now everything can change. We learned anything in yeah. the last eight months yeah. and everything can change. And we talked a lot in the last year about being able to pivot when needed. And some of my colleagues here have heard me say, let's just make sure we're pivoting and not yelling serpentine. Those are two different paths. So when I think about work from home, the way we've approached it is for individuals where we know the solution, let's give them a path for that. So we do have a work from home, a hybrid work from home application, a process. So we could go out to the individuals where we knew for sure in this position, it's working. We yeah. can make this work. Yeah. Uh, even though we may not be planning to bring you back yet, we're going to go ahead and let you know that you know what your future is going to be. Right, right. And then for the individuals where we're not sure, we're, we're taking it day by day. We're saying, yes, we are going to have a portion of our workforce working hybrid. We want to have you in the office two to three days a week. We want to make sure that we still see you, but we'll give you that flexibility. We have positions where it works really well to be home full time and work with that. And then again, because of the nature of us being a very relationship-based and yeah. member-facing organization, there are a lot of individuals that will be or have already come back to the workplace. So how do we then focus on being really honest about why we're bringing you back, talking it through with you about the timing of that, and then really talking about if that's the reality that you need to come back on site, how do we make you feel safe and comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, a I mean. I, don't know, I, I would say it's not, I would say it's such an, a, a new phenomenon, but it really isn't anymore. I mean, we're, we've been in this for, you know, so long now. It's just like, it's just, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I think the main headline is it's not one size fits all. Yeah. So totally. The first thing we did is we didn't send out a mass. This is when everyone's coming back email. Our yeah. first action was we had each of our leaders reach out personally and talk to every 450 employees and say, how's it going? Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you want us to think about? Yeah. Before we come up with the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And have you, have you, what, what's, have you guys grown in the last, you know, there's been several organizations that have sort of grown during COVID. I mean, have you, have you guys grown people wise in the last 18 months or has it been, have you guys just, you know, sort of relatively um, where you were pre-COVID in terms of people and headcount? We're relatively where we were, uh, yeah. we're just a little bit smaller as um, through natural attrition. Yeah. But we're, we're pretty relatively the same size. Yeah. You did know going into COVID that you know, AAA wasn't going anywhere. So yeah, right, right. Not, yeah, you're not a fly-by night. You've been around. We, for we were, we were confident <laughs> we weren't going anywhere. We had that confidence. Yeah, um, and we were also going through travel bookings being canceled and and people's patterns changing. Uh, but for the most part, we're holding strong at our headcount. Yeah, and but I anticipate growth coming. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's 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 uh, it's good to anticipate that too because you know now you got to make you know plans for those things. So. What are some of the things that you have, you personally, Marissa, have learned in the last 18 months as a leader, right? I mean, you, you've, your, your history from international business with Doc Martens with some other local nonprofit work and now with AAA, we haven't had a pandemic in the last, you know, 16 years of, of professional 
you know, our, our pre- professional careers or whatever. So what's some of the big nuggets that you've, uh, you've learned about yourself in the last year and a half that you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it's been a big year. I think uh, we used to joke about who would survive the zombie apocalypse. And I never pinned myself as someone who would make it through the apocalypse. So I've learned- Here you are. <laughs> I can do it. I think I would survive the zombie apocalypse. So I did learn that. That gives you a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think one of the things, and I do attribute my, my history of work throughout the years to this, is the importance of being really authentic and being vulnerable. I think that's something you hear more and more about, but I can distinctly remember a time really early on in this pandemic where I sat with my immediate team and said something to the effect of, I've spent a lot of years honing my craft. I'm, I'm confident saying I, I'm good at what I do. Yeah. And I have no idea what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the good news. Well, they would have called BS if you would have said, hey, I know exactly what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes as leaders, we feel like we need to project 100% confidence all right. the time that I've got right. this. Yeah. And I think that authenticity you say, this is hard and yeah. we're all learning it. And I'm going to have moments when I struggle and you're going to have moments when you struggle. And that's okay. And we're going to get through it. The other mantra that we would talk about a lot is, it's okay if we break once in a while. We're all going to break once in a while. We just can't all break at the same time. <laughs> That's good too. Yeah. And that really helped, right? This was the day I was like, yeah. I'm having a tough day. Okay, yeah. well then I'm going to, I'm going to help you through today. And tomorrow right. when you're having a tough day, right, the same will happen. Yeah. That's teamwork. I mean, I think, and that, that's been a big question, I think throughout this too, is how do you as a leader show that authenticity and, and transparency, vulnerability, you, you name the term while also showing the organization and the team and the employees that you have a backbone to help drive something forward, right? Like it's a very, very tight balance about showing that transparency, showing that, hey, we don't necessarily know what's going on because, you know, with 450 people, right? It's not as if you have, you know, 10 people or two people. It's like, it's a big organization, right? So like, there's got to be some sort of leadership piece that people look up to to say okay you know how are you going to steer the ship now how, how are we going to do this and and so letting them know that we don't know exactly how we're going to do it but we know that we've got the right team to do it just buckle up because yes. we're in we're, we're, we're yeah. on the ship together and we're going to you know hopefully go find an island absolutely i like your link back to the zombie apocalypse there i didn't <laughs> i just wanted to mention that <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I think that you balance that vulnerability with the fact that you know we're going to get through it. Yeah. And I think that's really key. Um, we talked about we didn't have a specific answer to how something was going to be handled. At the very least, we have some guiding principles of how we're going to handle it. Yeah. Um, and just keep communicating. And if you change, you know, the other thing we talked a lot, I think in HR, we were pushed to give advice we wouldn't have in a pre-pandemic world. Yeah. The very beginning of please ask your employee if they have a temperature. That's not something I never <laughs> advised <laughs> right. someone to ever do. But we called that out. We said, you yeah. know, we're making some decisions that are unique for this situation. Yeah. 
And in two months from now, I might say I'm going to give you different advice. Right. But I'll at least tell you why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, too. So, so AAA, correct me if I'm wrong, it's uh, over 100 years old in terms of age, let's just say, of, of an organization. And if you harken back to the early 19th century or the early 20th century, that's when the Spanish flu was, right, in, in 1918 and 1919, et cetera. So being around for 100 years or a century, and maybe at that period of time, like, it just gives you some staying power, right? Like for the next 100 years at AAA. I mean, hopefully, hopefully you're not there yeah. for the hundred years, but I like that. I, mean, I hadn't connected that, but I like, yeah, I like see, think about with that. that. Think about that. So there's yeah. some really good things that, 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 you know, come out of these challenging times for sure. Well, I think for us, thinking back to AAA's beginnings, it really did, was born out of people helping people. It yeah. wasn't a nonprofit corporation right out of the gate, right? It right. was an agreement amongst drivers to take care of each other on the side of the road. Yeah. So that focus of being supportive of each other and being supportive of our members and our community is so ingrained in what we do. That really did, I mean, I'll say position us well for the pandemic. Sounds yeah. a little silly. That wasn't the intent necessarily. Right, but right. It, it, that was a great guiding principle, right? How are we taking care of each other? How are we taking care of our members and doing it in a safe way? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, there's uh, plenty of people in organizations that, I, that should look at AAA and the guiding principles of helping neighbor and helping, helping each other uh, should adopt those things these days. That's for sure. So, uh, Marissa, if you had a chance to, to share coffee or a cocktail with anybody in history, uh, past or, or present, let's say, or maybe in the future, uh, um, zombie apocalypse, who might that be and why? First, I just like to say, I really appreciate that my podcast will have a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the first, the very the first. first. The I first. Feel, oh, you are a first. That's I, fantastic. I should have said that um, leading through this pandemic with humor, I think is really key. <laughs> so I actually gave this question a little bit of thought, probably more thought than I should have. And I can't, I had started with the philosophy of you got to pick someone living because there's an off chance they run across this podcast Ooh. and they think she's lovely. I want to have coffee with her. <laughs> so I'm yes. focusing on that. And then I started thinking through, maybe it's an author. And I really love kind of that being able to use wit and poetic prose to speak about society. Wait, did you Definitely. go to a liberal arts? Did you go to a liberal arts? College? I did go to a liberal arts college. <laughs> they teach us how to think. I love that. I love language, but it's got to be someone with humor. I don't know that I settled on someone. This is a horrible answer to this question. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why. How am I supposed, so, how am I supposed to send the podcast out to someone, to a, a, a no name, to have coffee with well, you? They're not going to know. Well, someone did suggest to me Betty White. And I was like, that could be fun. So maybe Betty White. She's been around since the start of AAA. She has. So. <laughs> I should check if she's a AAA member. I hope she is. Um, Maybe Betty White, but then I thought, you know, I'm going to give you my honest answer, which is nobody and everybody. You know, I think if I've learned something throughout my career, it's that people are people, whether they're famous people, whether they're people who've been successful on paper. And I really appreciate the coffees and cocktails that I've had with so many people throughout my career that I didn't know would have impact on me until yeah. they did. So I think I want to let fate take it. And wow. anybody listening to this podcast that thinks I sound delightful might be that person Plenty that I, I learn from and get better at what I do. 
I think that's a really interesting answer, to be honest with you. You know, it's a, I, I, the my business is such that I'm sort of out meeting people often, and uh, I don't think I've ever. I, I I would probably say similar to you. I don't think I've ever regretted having um, a bite to eat or a coffee with somebody because there are there's always some little nugget that you can take from from that that it might apply in the next ten minutes and it might apply in the next ten years. But you then you go, huh? I remember meeting that person, and yeah, that's that was a really you know she talked a lot about the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> and um, you know here we are living it. <laughs> well, that's a good I I yeah. I, I appreciate the the authenticity in that in that answer too. So, uh, Marissa, for for those who may want to uh, sit down and have a coffee uh, or a bite with you, where can they find where can they find you? LinkedIn, I think that's the classic place to find folks. Um, I'm always open to to talk about our organization and and what we're doing and and who we're hiring for because everyone else we are we are hiring. We have some great openings right now. So LinkedIn. Ping me a message and awesome. I'm happy to chat. And what about, uh, where, do, where do we find more about AAA? Good old fashioned AAA.com. Check, check out AAA.com uh, and it'll lead you to our website. Definitely encourage folks to follow us on social media. Get great tips about what's going on in the travel world yeah. and that everyone's navigating what's happening, roadside safety. Uh, so check out our website and follow us on social media. Awesome. Marissa, thanks so much for the delightful discussion. I, I appreciate you saying yes and coming on. Uh, we hadn't had a chance to meet each other until, you know, about 30 minutes ago, but I can tell that we would have a, a great time over cocktails uh, or over coffee. So I just appreciate you saying yes to join Absolutely. today. And um, I should have said Blake was my answer. Oh, no, 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 no. Is that no. the right answer? I've already done <laughs> that now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. To follow along and get additional insights from each episode, visit cressa.com slash Portland. Please also take a minute to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.